0: The story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Fatima cigarettes. Best of all long cigarettes. Brings you Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to a robbery detail. A holdup has been committed in a neighboring city... A bystander is shot to death, two others are wounded. The bandits are ruthless, well-armed. Your job, get them. If you
1: want a long cigarette, smoke the best of all long cigarettes. Smoke extra mild Fatima. Yes, Fatima is the king-size cigarette, which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos, superbly blended to make it extra mild
0: the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action.
1: It was Tuesday, October 6th. It was cool in Los Angeles. We are working a day watch out of robbery detail. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Captain Ed Walker. My name's Friday. I was on the way back from Calvary Cemetery. It was 11.45 a.m. when I got to room 27A. Robbery detail.
3: Joe, how'd the funeral go?
1: Pretty good turnout. Sure, sorry, I couldn't make it. Well, one of us had to be in court. Yeah. A lot of the boys out there, huh? Yeah. Martin had a lot of friends. He was a good cop. You see his wife? Yeah. Wife took it hard again. Pretty hard, Yeah. Are you about ready for lunch? We better make up the logbook first, Now We're a little behind Yeah, all right. Hi, Stu. Ben, what's with you? Oh, same ben. old thing. Say, what's the DR number on the job we handled yesterday? Hmm? Huh? The grocery store thing? You know, we showed those mugshots to the victims. Remember the DR number? On? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got it here. Uh, 374-332. Three, three, two. Okay, two. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
0: My name's Frank Cheney. Just been paroled from Folsom. Can you tell me where I registered? Yeah. I'll get one of the men from the rehabilitation
1: detail.
3: He'll take care of it. Okay, thanks. Excuse me, Ben. Oh yeah. am Johnny Bosford. Yeah. Got a minute. Something for you here. I'll be right
1: there. Did you contact the witnesses in this report here? Let me see. This one. What do you
3: got? Oh, sir? yeah. Yeah, I
1: took Hello care of it. I'll over the desk once
3: the registers
0: the next time. Hmm. Okay. Excuse me, Romero. Yeah. Hi, you want to register? Yeah, my name's Frank Cheney. Okay. Dress? 218 Belgrade. Belgrade. Where you been? Pulson? Got out Saturday. Okay, what's the fault for? Robbery. First degree. Yeah. How much do you owe? Served 18 years. I'm on life parole. Life parole. Okay. Hey,
1: Dexter. Want to Rumble we're out for seven? Wait a couple minutes, huh? See the guy at the desk? The one with Vonsburg? Yeah, next was an ex-con, why? Frank Cheney. 1931. Jack Taylor and I had him. First big one we ever drew. I yeah, so. Did you ever hear of him? Used to call him a gentleman bandit? Yeah, 1931, Claude. That's 18 years ago. Cheney was the biggest of them. Came from a wealthy family, too. Father's a millionaire. You sent him up, huh? San Quentin. Tried to break out with a partner of his. Partner killed a trustee. Cheney was sent to Folsom. From a millionaire family. That's a queer one. Yeah. Well, how about that lunch, fellas? Yeah, let's go. Seems like it could have been yesterday, 1931. We grow old right along with the thieves, huh? Where would we go? federal off the bank? That's well, all right with me.
3: 18 years. Yeah. Sure goes by in a hurry.
1: I wonder if Cheney thinks so. As far as day-to-day routine goes, police work is pretty much like any other job. To the rookie detective just starting in, there's new things to see, new things to learn. But five or six years on the detail and the job gets pretty ordinary. You see a lot of dirt, a lot of trouble and tragedy, and after a while you begin to wonder what all the glamour's about and the excitement that's supposed to go along with the job. The fall months went by pretty slow. On November 3rd, we closed a case against a gang of drugstore holdup men. In December, Ben's youngster fell off a fence and sprained his wrist. My Uncle George from Renton, Washington, visited my mother and me in January, stayed a couple of weeks. On January 28th, it rained. Ben and I checked into the office where we got a phone call from Lieutenant Mort Gear of the San Diego Police Department. He gave us additional information on a finance company holdup which had been pulled in San Diego the day before. In the robbery, one bystander had been shot and killed and another one wounded by the two bandits. They also shot a police officer three times through the stomach when he tried to stop them. Next day, Sergeants Ormsby and McGuire from San Diego arrived and we helped them check the suspects through the stats office
3: couple of bad ones, Joe. Both have guns and they use them. One of them got
1: away in a car and the other one on foot. Is that right, Maguire? Yeah, a big one used the car. Well, size ought to help some. let see, 45 years old. Height, 6 foot 1 or 2 inches. Weight, 275 to 85 pounds. Anybody get a look at the car, Armstrong? Blue Ford sedan, 1940 or 41 model. That's all we got. Mm-hmm. It's a rough one. After all the shooting, the witnesses didn't know what they saw, all mixed up. Well, how about the other one, the guy who got away on foot? He's a WMA, about 50 years old, 5 feet 8, 9 inches,
3: 145, 55 pounds, wears glasses.
1: Yeah, we got that on the teletype. Is that all?
3: Uh, no, we traced him the Greyhound bus depot about six blocks from the holdup, changed his clothes in the washroom there, left
1: behind a coat and a gun. Yeah. The coat was the kind of give parolees and state pen. Mm-hmm. Check it through our crime lab. Same kind of suits are issued to all ex-cons. No make. Well, at least you know one of them's an ex-con. How about that gun you found? It's a murder weapon. Our ballistics men went over it, no prints. Tried to trace the serial number, no record. C.I.I. in Sacramento is trying to run it down. Well, we got any hunches?
3: A few. We're almost sure both of them have gone the route before. Pretty cool. Shot down three people. Didn't buy nine.
1: How much did they take in the holdup?
3: 11,000.
1: Hey, your stats office make a run those descriptions yet? Yeah, this morning, Or nice got the list of possibilities. They're pulling the mugs house now. Well, I'll be mm-hmm. winding it up right now, don't you think? Yeah, let's check this way, yeah. Go ahead, Lorne. Oh, thanks. How's the wife, you? Oh, fine, Ben. She's expecting again. What are you going to do, raise an army? Four kids? That's not so bad. McGuire's okay.
3: wife wants six.
1: How about that, man?
3: These are five now. No point in quitting when you're ahead. <laughs> Frank? Hey, yeah, Joe.
1: You know Russ Ormsby and Tony McGuire, don't you, San Diego PD? Yeah, sure. I of
3: him last trip. All right. All, All right, on, Frank. Good Tony. to see you. Good. Just ready to call you. Got those mug shots together
1: for you. Yeah, got them right here. Okay. For suspect one, this is for number two. Okay, Frank, we'll check him out with the witnesses. There's one mug there. Here, let me show you. Hey, this Yeah. matches the description pretty close. Safe man betrayed, but he can go any route. Name's Weber. First name? Stanley. Mm-hmm. Call him Turk, I think. Nickname. You know anything about it? He's next, Connor. Drumsby and McGuire drove back to San Diego to show the mug shots to the hold-up witnesses and see if they could get an identification. Late the next afternoon, they called back to tell us that Stanley Turk Weber had definitely been identified from his mug shot by four of the five witnesses as one of the hold-up men. His partner remained unidentified. We called Turk Weber's parole officer, got all the available information on the suspect, including his latest address, an apartment house on North Alameda. Weber wasn't there. We talked with the apartment house manager, and he told us that Turk hadn't been seen there since the day before the San Diego robbery and murder. We had a stakeout put on the apartment. Ben and I went back to the office and had the record bureau pull Weber's package. On his mama sheet, Ben spotted a familiar name, Henry Garson, another ex-con, who was listed as one of Turk Weber's closest friends. Well, we got a hold of Garson's parole officer. He told us Garson had had his parole transferred to San Diego, where he disappeared two weeks before he was wanted for violation of parole. We tried to check Weber through his relatives. We couldn't find any. But Henry Garson's report showed that he had a brother, Al, who ran a dry cleaning shop down in Seal Beach. He had no criminal record. The next morning, we drove down to see him.
3: Yeah, Henry came around last July. It's the last time I saw him. I went to borrow my car.
1: You got any idea where he might be now? No. You're his brother.
3: I don't know where he is. That's
1: the truth. I don't want to know where he is. Was anyone with him when he came to see you last you know who his friends are? Friends, no. Would you look at these pictures, please? See if you can identify any of them. All right, just... No. These here? Yeah. No. No. Ah. How about these? Can't you talk to me later? It's not good for business having cops around a shop. Who would you yell for if the shop was held up, Mr. Carter? What's that got to do with it. Your brother's in trouble. We might stop him from getting in deeper. Now, let Hello, Mrs. Runner. Good morning, Al. Can I help you? No, I should go ahead and wait for the
3: gentleman. No, no that's all right.
2: right. They're, just
1: They're just waiting. I help you. My
2: husband's clean so and impressed. Can
3: you have it by Tuesday? Tuesday? Yeah, I'll
2: it. My friend, Jack, is and
3: impressed. Uh-huh. Can you sort this little schedule? here? it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we take care of that. Tuesday, all right? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Miss Runner. All right, Thanks. I don't
1: like to hold you up, Garson. Just a few more questions.
3: All ah.
1: right. Now you said the last time your brother was here, he wanted to borrow your car. Is that right?
3: That's right. Did you let him have it? I let him have nothing.
1: But the rest you Henry. Oh, can't you let us alone? If Henry's in trouble, let him take care of it. That trouble's enough of our own. This is important, Garson. We've got to have your cooperation. Well, why me? No, Henry's no good. I admit it. He's still my brother. Yeah. You ask me to send him to jail? If he belongs there, yeah. Look, I don't want any trouble. It won't be any. My mother lives in Santa Barbara. Just moved there. I got the address. Henry goes to see her every once in a while. When's the last time he saw her? Two weeks ago. I was there, too. And something else. What's that? Henry sick. had a gun. 11 a.m. Tuesday, Ben and I drove back to the office and put in a call to the Santa Barbara Police Department. We asked him to put a stakeout on the home of Henry Garson's mother and to notify us the minute Garson was apprehended. We contacted San Diego and told him what we'd found out. After that, we doubled back on Turk Weber. From one of our informants, we heard that Weber and Garson had gone into some kind of a business together. For a bankroll, they'd succeeded in getting a loan from the Second National Bank out in Glendale. 1 p.m. We drove out and checked with the manager of the bank's loan department, Mr. Peabody.
3: Here we are, officers.
1: Stanley T. Weber, Henry Garson. Loan papers were signed over a month ago. What kind of a loan was it, Peabody? Business loan. Garson and Weber came in with another man. They talked to our manager, Mr. Ascott. <coughs> Excuse me, yeah. What business are they in? Trucking concern. They wanted the money to buy equipment more trucks. How much money did they borrow? Forty-five hundred dollars, usual terms. I guess you inquired into their background. Oh, yes, their whole financial background. Did you know that Garson and Weber are both ex-convicts? I beg your pardon? I said, did you know that both of them are ex-convicts? Are you sure you haven't made a mistake? Henry Garson, Stanley T. Weber? Yeah, that's right. What they offer for collateral? Well, they had some of their equipment, two trucks, and of course there was the cosigner. Who was that? The name's right here on the loan papers. I see. Right here. Co-signer Frank Cheney. Two thirty p.m. Ben and I checked back into the office and went down the hall to R.I. We pulled a package on Frank Bertram Cheney, white male American, five foot eight and a half inches, one hundred and fifty-two pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. The record read like a dime novel. Almost twenty years before Cheney had crashed into the headlines of Pacific Coast newspapers as the gentleman bandit. Maybe some of the news stories were exaggerated, but the record showed that he actually owned a yacht, three expensive cars, an apartment house. In spite of all this, he decided to settle for a career of robbery and murder. At the age of 30, he was the most sought-after man on the Pacific Coast. Finally, in 1931, after tracking him for a year and a half through more than a dozen armed robberies, Sergeants Thaxter and Taylor of the Los Angeles Police Department brought him in. He served 18 years at San Quentin and Folsom Penitentiaries, and then he won his parole at the age of 48. We checked his parole officer, and he had nothing to report against him. We checked back in at robbery detail and we met with Captain Ed Walker. How about Cheney's friends, Weber and Garson? Nothing yet? Not a thing, Skipper. Stakeout out still on Garson's mother's place in Santa Barbara. Weber's apartment still covered. You called San Diego about this, the Cheney angle? Yeah, we briefed him. They got all the mug shots down there. Weber's definitely been tagged as one of the men on that finance company job. I figured Garson for the second, man, but none of the witnesses have picked out his mugshot. You talked to Cheney's parole officer? Uh, huh? Yeah, I did. He gave us Cheney's last address. Same as the one on his ex-con registration, but he's moved. Didn't notify the office. Where does that leave you? Well, I talked to the manager at the apartment. He gave us a couple of addresses to run down. <coughs> we better start getting on it, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's getting late. Keep in touch. I'll notify you if anything breaks here. Right. In just a minute. Robbery, Walker. Oh, Yeah, just a minute. You, Joe. Thank you. San Diego. Hey. Friday.
3: McGuire, Joe. How you doing?
1: Good. You got something? Mm-hmm.
0: listening to Dragnet, the case history of a police investigation presented in the public interest by Fatima Cigarettes.
1: If you smoke a long cigarette, it will be in your interest to listen to a typical case history of a Fatima smoker.
0: It's the case of Lee Silver, general assignment reporter on one of New York's greatest newspapers. You'll see his picture in leading magazines this week. And here is his actual signed statement. When you have to meet a news deadline,
1: you work at a fast pace. Smoke at a fast pace. That's why I smoke Fatima. They're extra mild. In my opinion, it's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima. And more and more smokers are discovering this every day. Actual figures show Fatima has more than doubled its smokers coast to coast.
0: So enjoy extra mild Fatima yourself.
1: The king-size cigarette, which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos, Superbly blended to make it extra mild.
0: You will prefer Fatima's much different, much better flavor and aroma. You will agree. It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima.
2: It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima.
1: The best of all long cigarettes. Tuesday, January 31st, 4 p.m., in addition to the San Diego teletype, we got out a local broadcast and an APB on Frank Cheney. By 4.30, Ben and I had checked out the first of two addresses where Cheney's former landlady told us that he might be staying. It was a rooming house out on West Washington. The owner told us that Cheney had stayed at his place for a few days, but that had been more than two months before. He had no idea where the suspect might be. We then drove to the second address. It was an apartment house on West Stamford near Slauson. Manager's name was Mrs. Pritchard.
2: Why, yes, I believe Mr. and Mrs. Cheney are home. They've been in all day.
1: Which apartment are they in, ma'am?
2: Number seven, straight down the hall on your right. Thank you. They uh, may be having dinner now. Are they expecting you?
1: Be all right, ma'am. Thank you. How about the door? It's open. Come in. The apartment was deserted. We checked the bedroom and the kitchen. There were obvious signs of a fast getaway. On a card table in the living room, we found the remains of a quick dinner. Two places were set. One plate was almost clean; the other hardly touched. The coffee on the stove was still lukewarm. We called the office and arranged for a stakeout. Then we went back down the hall and talked to the manager
2: about a month ago, Sergeant. They looked like any other newly married couple.
1: Did you notice if they had any visitors, Mrs. Pudger?
2: Well, they might have, but I didn't notice.
1: Did you notice anything odd about them at all?
2: Mm, Only that one thing. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Cheney always seemed to have plenty of money. Put down two months rent in advance. But he didn't seem to have a job. Yes, ma'am. Well, every morning he'd sleep late, but his wife was up at 8 o'clock to go to work.
1: Where would she work, you know?
2: a well, company called Thompson and some other name. Officers are down on South Hope. Builders, I think, homes and things mm-hmm. on my phone. Would you excuse me? Yes,
1: ma'am, Garellian.
2: Hello? Oh, yes. What? Yes, two police officers. Miss Richard, no. Hello?
3: Jenny
2: Yes, he hung up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Alert for Cheney and his wife was broadcast with special attention for the south end of the city. The wife's name and description was added to the APB. The next morning, Ben and I located her place of employment, Thompson and Kilkenny, a big construction company. The office manager told us that three days before, Mrs. Cheney had resigned her job by letter. She asked that her final paycheck be sent to her mother, who lived in Marysville, California. We contacted the Marysville Police Department immediately and... The home of Cheney's mother in law was placed under 24 hour surveillance. We now had more than a half a dozen stakeouts going. A week passed. Nothing. Cheney and his wife seemed to have dropped completely from sight. Wednesday, February 9th, we got a tip from the Santa Barbara police that Cheney's friend, Henry Garson, was in Los Angeles working in an auction house on Wilshire Boulevard. We ran it down. It looks like a hike last place. I got a nice crowd, haven't I? No thanks. We'd like to see the manager, please.
2: You're all right. Well, let me see. Oh yes, over there by the claim
1: desk, uh, the man in the dark suit, Mr. Willie. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Willie? Yeah. Police officer, sir. We'd like to check on a man who's supposed to be one of your employees. Sir. Oh, that's so? What's his name? Um, here's his picture. Can you identify? Why yes, that's Johnson, the new clerk. You want to talk to him? Yes, sir. All right, right this way. He's back in the storeroom. Some kind of trouble? We'd like to talk to him. Yes, come right. on. See. Oh right. yes, there he is, uh, Johnson. Oh Johnson, would you come on? Come on, on? Ben.
3: you running, oh, Johnson. Come here. Off the back. Yeah. There he goes. He's heading up the street. Come on. He got on that bus.
1: All right, come on, let's double back to the car. Yeah. Hurry. Yeah. You see the brush? Yeah. Come on, move it. Yep. Yeah. All right, hit the siren. Yeah. All right, that did it. The driver's pulling over. Pull up behind the bus there, yeah, huh? Come on, let's go. You cover the back door, will you? Open your door. What's
3: the matter?
1: Police officers, I want to check your passengers. Open that rear door right away. Yes,
3: sir. All right, Darson, get off. I'm getting off. Coming at you, Joe. Getting off, Copper. We'll make a hole Drop it. Stop Darson. He's got a gun. I said I'm getting off. All right, you let's drop a gun. <laughs> Good,
1: Joe. You okay? Yeah. Let's get him off again. What's it all
3: about? Did he do something wrong?
1: Yeah. He didn't get off when we asked him to.
3: 9
1: p.m. Wednesday, we drove Garson to Georgia Street Receiving Hospital where he was treated for minor cuts and bruises.
3: Then
1: we took him back to the office of the interrogation room. We called San Diego and notified them of the arrest. From 10 o'clock that night until 10 the next morning, Captain Walker, Ben and I questioned Garson. He refused to admit that he even knew Frank Cheney or Kirk Weber. By noon, he was pretty tired. So were we. At 12.05, a call came through from San Diego. On uh, Friday, this is Russ Ormsby. Yeah, Russ.
3: Press lead on Kirk Weber. Uh, he's got a sister living in San Clemente.
1: Yeah? And we've
3: got our house staked out. Had a tip. He's going to pay her a visit.
1: When's that? 15 p.m. We got the San Clemente turnoff, and a few minutes later, Ormsby and McGuire arrived from San Diego. We drove to the home of Weber's sister on South Orange Street and identified ourselves. She told us that Turk had been there that morning, but that he'd gone to the races at Del Mar for the afternoon. Did your brother say he was coming back?
2: Said he might be back. He wasn't sure.
1: Did he go to the racetrack alone?
2: Yeah.
1: Was he going to meet anyone there?
2: I don't think so. He didn't mention it.
1: He driving a car.
2: No, he took the bus to the track. I
1: see. Where would he most likely go if he doesn't come back
2: here? I don't know. Maybe back to L.A., maybe San Diego. I don't
1: know. And do you know if your brother Turk is going to meet Frank Chin?
2: How could he? Turk says Cheney's up north someplace with his wife. Told me that this morning.
0: Where
1: up north? He didn't know. hmm You and McGuire want to stake out here in Orsby? Then and I'll hit the track. Yeah, Okay.
2: Look, I can't have cops here if Turk comes back. You think I framed him.
1: You get over
2: it. You don't know Turk when he gets sorry goes out of his head. He'll kill me.
1: Why worry, miss? Huh? he ought have to kill us first. 3.45 p.m. Ben and I left Weber's sister's house and drove down to the racetrack at Del Mar. We got there just at the start of the seventh race. We had no idea whether the suspect was still there or not. We alerted the security police, gave them mug shots of Weber. Then we went to the public address booth in the clubhouse and talked to the man in charge. A few minutes later, the trap for Weber was set. Mr.
3: Stanley T. Webber, please come to public address booth. The phone call. Mr. Stanley T. Weber, please come to, the public, address
1: Weber, please come to the public address booth. We waited. Ben stationed at the vantage point on one side of the booth, me on the other. Minutes passed. Weber didn't show. Ben caught my eye, and shrugged his shoulders.
3: Mister Stanley T. Weber, please come to the public address booth. Emergency telephone call. Mister Stanley T. Weber, please come to the public address
1: booth. The announcer was barely finished when I saw Ben motion. I looked and saw a large man heading up the cement ramp. When he got to the top, he turned to his right and headed straight for the public address booth. It was Turk Weber. Hold it right there, Weber. Uh, Police officers, get your hands up. What is this? You lousy cops. I'll have you busted for this. David Weber, get your hands up. Who tips? What difference does it make sense
3: to? You? You'll never get him. You'll
1: never get him in 20 years. You'll never get who? You know who.
3: Changing.
1: It's too smart for you. You'll never get him, not in 20 years. All right, years. we got you, Weber. Shake him, Ben. I'll shake you, cop. Watch it, Ben. Let
3: go. I'll kill you. I'll kill you, all right, sir.
1: That's it. Pepsi. He's sure, a big bag. Yeah. Did that fall out of his pocket? It's mm. like a tip sheet. Yeah, tip. yeah. Mm. Blue boys' peerless selection for Thursday.
3: Five, twenty
1: dollars. Look what's down Best picks. You can't lose. This is your lucky day. What's the prove? You got to get his dollar back. <laughs>
0: names were changed to protect the innocent. On June 19th, trial was held in Superior Court, City and County of San Diego, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. It's amazing how many long cigarette smokers are
1: changing to Extra Mild Fatima. Here is the actual report from coast to
3: coast. Extra Mild has more than doubled its
0: smokers. Yes, more and more smokers every day are discovering that Fatima is the king-size cigarette that is extra mild.
1: Extra mild, because it contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos, superbly blended to make it extra mild, to give it a much different, much better flavor and
0: aroma. Enjoy extra mild Fatima yourself. Best of all, long cigarettes.
1: It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima.
2: It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima.
0: After identifying Frank Cheney as the man who did the shooting in the San Diego holdup and murder, Stanley T. Weber was tried and convicted of participation in the robbery and received a sentence of life imprisonment. Henry Garson was cleared of any complicity in the hold-up killing, but he was returned to prison for violation of parole and for several burglaries in San Diego and Los Angeles. Both men are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. Next week, Frank Cheney, the Gentleman Bandit. Part two. <laughs> just heard, Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice for Dragnet comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.A. Wharton, Los Angeles Police Department. Fatima
1: Cigarettes, the best of all long cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet from Los Angeles. Private Taper with comedian Sarah Berner on NBC...